With me today is actually a hiring manager. I want you to hear what my guest here, Mark Berkovich, is going to say about hiring, kind of the overall strategy on I'm a hiring manager or what you, what, how a hiring manager thinks in his career. Mark Berkovich has worked from startup companies to Fortune 10 companies. He's worked all over the world. He's hired and fired hundreds of people. And I'll just let him tell us some of these themes. So, Mark, what do you have to say? What are some overarching strategies and timing of a job? Uh, thank, thanks, Martin, for that fantastic intro. So there's, there's two kinds of ways to do this. One is on a, a reactive approach and one's on a proactive approach. A reactive approach usually happens when you're, when you're unhappy or you've lost a job and now you need to go out and find one. And sometimes it leads to a little bit of desperation or that you'll settle on a job that you, that you get offered that might be a, a little below you um, or you might just take it because you, uh, you have to. You need the benefits and you need to be working versus the person that's proactive who's actually working but wants to put a plan B in place or just wants to see what else is out there. Now, that proactive job searcher, I'm much more interested in because they have a skill set that they're trying to sell me on. So with the proactive searcher is they've generally gone out, they've looked for companies that they want to work for, they've gone to their career site, they've looked at the, the jobs available, and if they like one, they're going to apply for one. But if they don't, they want to get on the bench. And there's several ways that you can get on the bench. My preference is start at the top and work your way down. So get the attention of the president or the CEO and have him send it down to me as the hiring manager, because believe me, that's going to get my attention. So because the president or the CEO is going to want to report back on the person that they've sent down to me. So the important thing is that what, what can you do for me? is you've got to be able to give me a benefit, give me a hook that says, I would be, um, what's the word I want to use? Um, um, uh, okay, sorry, Martin, I'm, I've got to find the word that I want to use. That's okay, and like I mean, a good fit or part of the team or? I would be, a rem I would be remiss not to talk to you okay. and to put you on my bench. So give me something that says, talk to this person. Because if you don't talk to them, you're missing out. So what's so, an example? I'm going to put you on the spot here. What's yeah. an example of a hook that makes me want to take this person? Because I know hiring managers at Fortune 10 companies, and they tell me they get 70, 100, 300 resumes. What's a hook that they stand up from wherever it comes from? Wherever so in, in, in a lot of the roles that I've hired for are sales are sales leadership roles or sales individual contributor roles. Okay. If, somebody, if somebody has a track record and they can say to me, this is what I did, this is what I achieved, and this is how I did it, that's what I want to see. Anybody can say, hey, I achieved something, but I want to know how you did it. So give me what you did, and then in a paragraph or two, tell me how you did that. Because I want to know that if you have a successful formula and how you've been successful at your job, I want to know that you can transfer that to what I do. So This is interesting. I just want to interrupt you. This is yeah. a recurring theme. And I emphasize about you know, making a story matrix of how you overcame something. 
And the last uh, one of the consultants that we also talked to said, hey, have those stories ready. And you're basically saying the same thing. So one of the themes I think of this class is uh, have those stories read or ready to tell how you can have success. Yeah, yeah. So people think in pictures and think in stories. So, you know, draw, draw, the, draw the picture. The, the most effective people, the most effective and successful people I've ever hired, actually, you tell good stories. The, the other piece that really impresses me as a hiring manager, if somebody's done a lot of research. So having worked in public companies, there's lots of information out there that Wall Street's talking about you, Glassdoor is talking about you. Do you, anybody that comes to me with the research they've done on LinkedIn about me, on, um, on anything about Wall Street and has questions for me, about the financials, about what employees are saying that have left the business. That's very impressive to me because I know that when I hire a person like that, they're doing their research on anybody that we want to do business with. So research, 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 because me as a hiring manager, I'm doing my research on that person and any publicly available information I'm going to have so I can answer my question. So I can have, you know, my questions answered about uh, that, that particular person. Um, so yeah, go, uh, they, uh, they prepped, they had their stories, uh, they're ready for the interview, did all that research, they're at the interview. What are some, like one or two do this and one or two don't do this at an interview? Basically, what's a real turn off at an interview and, and what's the real wow? I want to have this that second interview, or I want to make a job offer. Yeah, so it's actually that's actually a pretty easy easy thing to answer. One of the one of the big negatives for me as a hiring manager, if somebody talks too much and answers questions that I haven't asked, so they might be a little nervous, but just answer my question and stop talking. I've had interviews go way too long because. People just don't know how to stop talking. So be succinct with your answer, be strategic with your answer, and just stop talking and wait for the next question. So we know as hiring managers that if somebody's gonna talk our ear off, that's probably how they're gonna be in their job. So we've got to watch for that. And you know, make sure that the person that we're talking to, that we can put barriers in place, we can, we can structure the interview, so if we do notice that happening, we can just put a stop to it and, and you know, carry on with the interview. But again, that's the, that's the biggest thing is uh, talking stories and stop talking when you've told your story. So that's, that's, where I, that's how to answer that one, Martin. Super, well, I, I appreciate that. Now, uh, let's change it up uh, yeah. in, in uh, other than having a, it sounds like having a really memorable story uh, really differentiates yourself. That's what sticks because um, is there anything on our, on our actual printed resume that, that really disturbs you or really uh, attracts you as the hiring manager? So one of the things that I look for is embellishment. I, I, if, if you can't back up what you've said with a good story about how you got there, then that's a huge turnoff. So anything you put in your resume, I'm expecting that you've got, you've got the experience, you've got the skill set, and you can back up 
and quantify whatever you've put on your resume. And I can tell pretty quick whether somebody is not telling me the truth. And that's just, you know, that, that's just the road to a short interview. Because once somebody goes down that road, it's pretty easy to ask questions around that road you're going down and pretty much eliminate them. So if you haven't done it, just say, I haven't done it. I think the people that score lots of points with me are the people that are just honest. And um, a lot of people want to, for want of a better expression, BS themselves into a job. And as hiring managers, we've got to be able to filter that out. Okay. So let's change it up a little bit. So the interview is over. Is there something that happens after the interview that makes that candidate more likely to get a job working for you or with one of your, your peer hiring managers? Yeah. So, so let's just say I've got half a dozen candidates and the all thing, and they're all equal in their, their skills and qualifications and how they came across in the interview. There are certain things that I'm going to look for. So if, if I think the polite thing, so I'm, I'm a, I believe in gratitude. And if I've interviewed somebody and they've, they've shown up with, you know, with their best face on and they send me uh, an email thank you note or even better a handwritten thank you note. doesn't have to be elaborate. Just, you know, thank you for, the, for your time. Looking forward to um, talking about next steps, whatever it might be. Send me a handwritten note because that's going to get my attention. And in the job market today, where it's very, very competitive, you want to you set yourself apart from everybody else and give yourself the competitive advantage. And so few people will do a handwritten note. Most of them, even today, come in via email. So setting yourself apart, send a handwritten thank you note and just make it really pertinent. It's something that you forgot or you remembered. And you know, add another little couple of lines in there to catch my attention because that's as a, as a job seeker, you, you, you really want to set yourself apart. Okay. All right. Um, that's all the, uh, the questions I have, uh, particularly, is there anything else that you think is important, uh, for people who are trying to say negotiate salary or benefits? Are there any things that you look for that are, you know, that make you say, hey, this is great, or nope, this is weird what this guy's trying to do or this woman is trying to do? So there's, 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 uh, with, with big companies, there's always going to be a, a salary range. And that depending on the, the skills and qualifications and how they've been able to quantify, you're going to pick a number on that range. So the, the number that me, that I'm going to throw out, sometimes it's negotiable and sometimes it's not but it's always good to ask and, and, and push a little bit and maybe even call a bluff if you, if you feel like you're in that position and say, hey, I, this, is what, this is not what I was expecting. Listen, if they make you an offer, they want you. So there's no harm in, in pushing the, the, the envelope a little to see if, if there's any, any more, you know, in, any more on, the, on, the sal on the salary, Def definitely. Um, there's some things that are not negotiable, like some of the benefits, but you know, things like vacation, you know, what's the vacation policy? Can you get an extra week or an extra two weeks vacation as part of the deal? So it's always good to ask. They can always say no and you accept or you don't accept, um, you know, depending on what the, what the company comes back with. But 
I think the company, most companies are expecting seasoned job seekers to push back. So um, always ask for a little bit more. Okay. So that, that's interesting. I want to, I want to drill down on that just a little bit. So you, uh, talk about how people negotiate and how people don't negotiate and bracketing. Is there um, something that is very off-putting in that negotiation phase that really is just not done? So I, I recently posted in my newsletter how uh, the majority of people do not negotiate their salary, which um, is surprising. And there are different demographics, for example, uh, uh, gender-wise, females do not negotiate. And I'm always telling my clients to negotiate for that. It's expected as part of the deal. Is there a big um, uh, turnoff with someone on uh, how they negotiate or maybe not really? So the, the big turnoffs are if people are unreasonable. And there's a, there's a number of websites out on the internet where you can go and look and see what, get the range of what that position pays in that marketplace. So don't be unreasonable in your demands. Be able to quantify and justify why you're asking for that number. And then let the company decide whether they want to, whether they want to meet you there. Some companies will, will deliberately lowball to see what you come back with. But most companies, are, big companies, are pretty reasonable in, in picking the right number on the range based on your background. But there's, sometimes there's always a little bit more. And if you can quantify that, then, then quantify it to who's ever making the offer to you, whether it's the hiring manager or the recruiting manager or the HR person, you know, be ready to quantify why you feel you should get, you should get a higher salary. Right. Uh, one last question. You mentioned the hiring manager and HR. Is there any way to navigate through HR or does the company culture, um, sometimes HRs can block, it, you know, and this is what hiring managers tell me, they're, they're an impediment between them and the people they want, of course. There's corporate policy that has to be done to limit risk. The manager yeah. has a need real now. They have to move quickly. Is there a way to uh, uh, facilitate that linkage between the administration and that the hiring manager who actually wants the person now? So let, let's, let's, let's start at the beginning as part of your research. If, if you're going to approach a company about a role now, or a role sometime in the future is the people that you want to talk to will, will have a LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. So go to that company and go through all their employees uh, on LinkedIn and have a look and find the person that you want to talk to or that you feel could be the hiring manager. And if they're not, ask them who is. Most people are willing to do that. And if you're willing to put yourself out there, ask them if they'll, uh, ping that person and tell them you're going to be reaching out to them because there's nothing better than a referral from inside the business. Right. Again, very, you, very strategic. I like that. Very strategic. If you've got a, and also if you have a first or even a second connection on LinkedIn to a person in that business, contact them. And even if you don't know them, it doesn't matter. They can, the worst thing they can say is no contact them and say, Hey, can you refer me to so-and-so? I'd like to talk to them about, about job opportunities within the business. And most of the time, I, I know internally where I work is, you know, once a month, I'll get one of those come on, land on my desk where, hey, you should talk to so-and-so. Or, you know, you should talk to this person when they reach out to you. And I do because they've come from inside.
And that kind of um, trumps everything. All right. Um, right now, I, I want to go back to Mark Berkovich for a minute yeah. and say, uh, when you're uh, almost in the prospecting phase, uh, what about informational interviews? Can you talk a little bit about informational interviews? Do you recommend them? Are they bother time? How do you get one? So, um, so f uh, informational interviews. So I, one of my favorite things to do is because I'm always looking as a hiring manager, I know that between now and some point in the future, I'm going to have openings on the team. So I want to make sure that I've got people on the bench. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go out into the marketplace. I'm going to go out into LinkedIn. I'm going to go into my network and I'm going to look for people who I think would be a good fit for a particular role that I'm looking for. I'm then going to ping them. And if they know somebody that I know, I'm going to see if I can get an introduction and I'm going to go grab coffee with them. Coffee's going to be about an hour and I'm just going to ask them. There's no, there's no illusions about why I'm having coffee. Um, this is about, you know, putting them on the bench, talking to them, seeing if they've, seeing if they're uh, a good fit for, you know, one of the several roles I might have open and then saying, Hey, this is what I want to do. Let's stay in contact. When I have a rec that opens up, um, I, I'd like to approach you and see if this is something you would, you'd like to do. And I've always got several people sitting on my bench, um, I want to say the word waiting, but just out there that I've connected with that I could tap into if I have a, if I have an open position. With me right now, Mark Berkovich, hiring manager extraordinaire is going to talk about the resume process. Okay, Mark, thank you so much for showing up today and giving us really valuable information. It really uh, dovetails with what we've heard, except for the written note thing. Uh, one manager says, if the hiring decision is fast, get an email because email out because the post takes time. And I was thinking, well, maybe there's ways you can do that. Maybe you can leave your written thank you note with the reception or something, hand deliver it. But so there's ways around that. Um, but right now I'd like you to close and kind of, are there any high level things you want people who are trying to get a job in a very competitive market, uh, what they can do or what are the you know, top three takeaways? Well, uh, the, the, the big thing is that you're, you're doing a marriage. So you're marrying a company and they're marrying you. And the, the big thing that impresses me the most as a hiring manager, if somebody has, has done their research, their deep research on me and on the company, and if they come with some very intuitive questions about our strategy, where we're going, what we're doing, how we're getting there, and, and throw those questions at me, either as part of the interview or at the end of the interview, but making sure that they get those questions in, because I want, I want to be able to think about what they've asked me and give them an honest, an, an, an honest answer to their questions, because again, they're deciding whether they want to get married to us and vice versa. So. Research, research, research. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, it impresses hiring managers. And then especially if you've gone deep and have very, very good questions around it. And then that thing about the, the, the thank you note is you could have it in your, in your pocket. And when you leave, leave it, in the, leave it with the receptionist to give to the person that's just interviewed you. Um, there's a number of ways that you can get that into their hands quickly. So you could also do an email thank you 
and follow up with a handwritten thank you note. So you've got all the bases covered. But again, it's about separating you from everybody else and giving yourself that competitive advantage. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was great. Uh, uh, is there anything um, you know, I can do for you? Let me know. And uh, we'll be talking. All right. Thank you, Martin. All right. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye.